1: Great to be back with you. I'm sure some of you came back to hear Ellie. So we were on with Ellie yesterday and uh, just by way of Doug's recap, which isn't the greatest one in the world, but I'm just going to recap it quick and let Ellie go here in a minute after I do a word of the day. So Ellie has taken us to that place. She was raised in her family. There was so much uh, people looking the other way, doing the wrong thing here. Church is doing the wrong thing. Um, I just want to go back and talk about, she said, you know, I'm raised, and, and as somebody who's had migraines and fibromyalgia and deal with this stuff, I mean, this is a big deal. And mm-hmm. uh, when your immune system gets knocked out, they show, I got gout right now. I had, a go, I had to do an online doctor's appointment with my doctor yesterday. I, and and folks, this stuff is real. You got to work at it. As a kid, it's hard to figure out, how am I doing all this stuff? And mm-hmm. uh, so... And Anyway, Ellie's telling us that, you know, I'm raised, I've got fibro, I've got migraines, I've you know, they we got this crazy organization. This guy drove around, he drove around, he he hung out and uh, independent Baptist, Southern Baptist, some non-denominational Bible type of churches, bounced in between them. Uh, brought around his idea of what homeschools should look like. Uh, your kids can't go to a regular Sunday school because you're responsible for them, even though you have no training at all. But then again, most of the churches this guy went to are the low of the training mode. You know, most of these people don't have college degrees, or if they do, they're from make-believe schools and degree mills and stuff, or they're just nuts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she goes through that in her life. She's 18 years old, she's pushed on this guy who's six years old. I and mean, that's two generations in my man, in my mind. I mean, it's different if you're 25 and marry a guy 31 than when you're 18 and marry a guy six years old. I just want to be clear about that. It's different mm-hmm. if some woman 40 marries a guy 60 or something. I, I don't have a problem with that. But when you're an 18 year old kid, all right, you know, folks let's think right here so I'm recapping this so that we can see the the wrong things and her dad I mean your dad failed you and and I, I hope that he sought, sought repentance and 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 has come to you and sought forgiveness from you and uh, and mom I mean these people could have done a lot better for you I'm glad your mom plucked you out of there and so now we're at this point so um the word of the day I choose is mandatory reporter. I know it's multiple words. We do that all the time. And the Bible tells us in Romans thirteen, let every soul be subject unto higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that are ordained from God. So if any of you have listened to me, uh, and and remember verse two, too, and I'm doing two for memory. Whosoever, therefore, whoever resists power, uh, resists God. And they resist shall receive to themselves damnation. So God has ordained people in positions like police officers and social workers and mental hospital workers. And I just want to point out up to this point, and we're going to let Ellie do some more here and tell us some more, but up to this point, uh, people, you know, Ellie's mom probably didn't know better, but she should have. Uh, there should have been cops involved or at least pulling Ellie out of the house. Uh, we have, uh, you know, even letting these people in your church, if you're a pastor and you let this knucklehead into your church, that's ruining lives and stuff. I mean, you're obviously a moron. And uh, so we got, and, and there's something in my mind crazy about bringing in an abusive husband or wife and throwing them alone together. And, and poor Ellie uh, gets raped manhandled, uh, by this husband, they're forcing her to be alone with. And, uh, and, and, and I mean, this is another point of a mandated reporter on this level, because Ellie, you told somebody, right? So you, you, yeah. you, you, get raped. So, so take off now. So you told us you were raped, you're in the bathroom, looking at yourself saying, how's this even possible? So yeah. take us to that point. What happens next? Yeah.
2: So I, I, again, didn't, um, Believe that rape could exist in marriage. I didn't even know that was possible. I figured inside the covenant of marriage, um, you know, it's <laughs> float your own boat. Yeah. Um, and that's just what I was taught. And so, um, I casually mentioned it to a friend the next day. Um, and, just, I had to laugh it off. That was my trauma response. There was, um, it was my simple disguised cry for help. And there was no other way for me to do that than to laugh it off. I was, I was still too stunned. And I mean, keep in mind, I was 16 weeks pregnant. My husband was a Southern Baptist, um, assistant pastor. I mean, who was going to believe me? If I spoke up and just said that I had been raped, and again, I I didn't even. And you told somebody,
1: really, who should know better, right? I mean, you're yeah, and your friend. uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to say she's a leader, right, within the church.
2: Yeah, I mean, she was the pastor's wife. She was one of my best friends. She actually stood up in my wedding, and I did trust her. She was one of the only people that I felt that I could say something so vulnerable to, and um.
1: And this is, I, I mean, this, I, I just want to say this. This is a woman who should have been a mandatory reporter. This is somebody who called herself a best friend and stood up at your wedding and was, let you be raped and not to call the police and let you do things. This yeah. woman is, I hope she repented and got right of this in her life, but here's yeah. a woman that needs to come crawling on her knees to you and beg for forgiveness. And I hope she went went to God first. This is a mandated report. I mean, if you wanted to be that type of person, you could file a lawsuit right now. Mm-hmm. They just signed a bill last year. This goes on forever. You could file a lawsuit against that church and that woman. I mean, these are the leaders in our church. Folks, why do we do the dumbest, stupidest things? And, we, you know, if you're hanging around a Baptist warlord, sadly, this is what can happen to you. Anyway, Ellie, I'm back to you here.
2: (laughs) And I do want to be clear. I mean, she didn't know exactly what had happened. I was so traumatized myself. I couldn't even speak about it properly for another probably 18 months. You know, I mentioned that something had happened. I'd mentioned that we had been together and I didn't look entirely comfortable with the situation. I'm sure she could have seen that, Um, but you know, she didn't, she should have known. She should have known from our previous conversation. She should have
1: thrown you in her car and went to sit down with you and your mother and and had an old fashioned prayer meeting. What are we going to (laughs) do? You know, are we calling the state police now or are we filling the coffee pot first? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. And the right answer is calling first. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sure.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I was just a mess and I didn't mention it to anyone else after that. And within 10 days, my husband received orders from the air force and scooped me up and we moved to California. We moved, I mean, 2000 miles and just, I mean, he got the orders about 10 days from when the rape happened and I was back. With him at our home. And then within a couple months, we moved cross-country. By that time, I was 30 weeks pregnant and I was just in the pits of despair. I just didn't know what was gonna happen. Um, because I had already made one attempt to get free. And look where that ended up. I mean, I was in his grip more than ever. And he had power over me. He knew how hard I had tried to escape. He knew now what I was thinking. And um I I never I never escaped completely in that first try. But what I tell people all the time is that what it did give me was the truth. I had learned the truth and I now had truth as a proper weapon and I was able to combat lies in my mind with the truth. I mean when I was being mentally abused throughout those next oh gosh, 18 months I would just go back to some things I had learned and just those couple months away from him and go, Nope, that's a lie. Nope, that's abuse. And I was able to keep my mind just charging forward with the truth. And, um, I gave birth to our son just a few weeks after arriving in California and, um, those next months were really terrible as I, just tried to figure out what was going to happen next. And eventually, um, in the summer of 2018, we ended up a couple States away, um, for a business trip. And, uh, you know, the whole family came and the abuse just started to to escalate more and more and more and more. We were supposed to be there for six weeks, just living in a hotel. And, um, I started calling my mom and my sister again. And I said, it's getting really, really bad again. I think I might actually have to consider leaving again. And I still didn't believe (laughs) in doors. But I, at that point, had realized that if I needed to leave again, this was going to be the last time. And I want to interject something here.
1: So again, this is learning, you know, as we go. If a sister or daughter call you, and say I'm being abused, I'm thinking about leaving, you fire up the Chevy, and you drive there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You find out if you have to call the cops. Again, this is another one of those things. Now, can we write this off to ignorance? Can we write this off to, you know, we had this crazy uh, material in our church, and uh, we had this crazy guy teaching us these things. And it's it's always, you know, it's always the single guy, uh, you know, who, You know, are you a, you got to be a total moron to bring an old single dude into your church to tell you how to be married and raise your kids. I mean, you, you (laughs) got to somehow there's a deficit of IQ points there. I mean, it's, it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, tell me about how you and your wife and your kids did. Uh, I mean, well,
2: what baffles me. Yeah. I mean, what baffles me is that there was no lack of IQ in the church I grew up in. There were brilliant minds. I mean, our senior pastor for most of my growing up was one of this guy's best friends. Oh, and um, I mean, we were intimately connected with this organization. Okay, hold that
1: thought for a minute because it snuck up on us again where these radio stations have to do what they have to do. Hang with us, folks. We'll be right back. And folks, this is, you know, again, narcissism as we're heading forward, it'll just be a few weeks and we'll be into narcissism, uh, talking about, and obviously there are so many narcissists in, uh, um, in Ellie's life, uh, to include her husband and, and Ellie, not to cut off your thought you were saying they were, they were bright people in the church. They were just, Absolutely. they were under a spell. They were, mm-hmm. you know, this is not, this is not a, uh, a Christian divination, that's teaching them these things. We know Mm -hmm. that. We know the spirit. We we know that, you know, the Holy Spirit of God, it prompts us and says, Mm you know, think about this stuff. But anyway, go ahead,
2: Ellie, go ahead. Yeah. And I would also like to add to that, that not only with the um, immense IQ (laughs) that was in that church, there were good people. And, you know, we know that, um, Satan is the father of lies and he sneaks in so craftily. He does. And um he takes truth and he twists it. And that's really what happened here. And I don't think anyone set out to um be a real cultish kind of church. I think that this crept in and wreaked havoc when nobody was looking.
1: But you know, if you're a pastor and a pastor's wife, you're you're on your knees. You're, uh, I mean, God gives you. So- I've been there. You know, we planted mm-hmm. a church. I I've, I've been in those ministry leadership positions, and 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 when you, when your heart's right and you're talking with God, I mean, there's things my my wife would see. You know, because I'd get caught up in the zeal of things or something, and and you know, Debbie would say, "Hey, baby, think about that," and I'd go, "Whoa, mm-hmm. thank you." I mean, there, yeah. there has to be something, the Holy Spirit ministers to people. Yeah. I mean, you were, start, obviously you're at the point like, whoa, you know, here I am raped having to escape from my mm-hmm. husband. Um, uh, you know, I'm calling people, I'm talking to people and yeah. and this didn't happen in a vacuum. This is going on and on for you. So, so you find yourself, you're, you're, and I mean, you're away now. You got away.
2: Yeah. And, yes. So, Yeah. I mean, when I when I called my sister and my mom and I said, I think this is it. I think I really have to go. Um, You know, I went back and forth that day. It was actually a period of about three days where I went, no, it's really not that bad. The abuse is not that bad. I'm going to stay because that is what somebody who's incredibly traumatized is going to do. They are about to leave. Their Entire lives, the stockholm, they're about Syndrome. To leave their livelihood, yes, yeah, very yeah, slowly, went,
1: very slowly. You, you know, they're trying to. You know, I had a woman tell me one time that her husband had convinced her the sky was a different shade of green, very slowly creeping in there that, mm-hmm. that I'm no good, I'm of no value, you know, I'm not as smart as this guy. That, uh, and I, I don't know, I mean, is that what you're seeing going on here?
2: Yeah, I was gaslighting myself mm. and. Um, I was just terrified and it really took my mother hearing the panic in my voice, hearing me call her from ladies' restrooms Mm. where that was my only safe place from him. That was the only place I could get away to by myself to have a private conversation. He was monitoring, um, how much time I was spending on my phone. He knew who I was talking to. He was monitoring where I went who I was with. I mean, I was under surveillance 24 seven and I mean, if if you've got to have a marriage,
1: you know, that's not a marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is slavery. This is, you know, sexually abuse. That's, you know, this is, this is terrible. And uh, so you get away. And uh,
2: one night I just, I said, okay, I have to go. And I, Um, put the kids in the car and I started driving north. And now, was um, he there
1: when you left or did you wait?
2: Yeah, he was in the hotel. And when I decided to run, I was outside the hotel on the phone with my mother and she said, You go now. And I just threw the kids in the car. The only possessions we had were what was in the car and the clothing on our backs. And, um, I was in a foreign state, like, I didn't know where I was. And I just started praying and driving north. And a pastor friend connected me with um, a family in that area. And um, literally, as I was just driving past an exit, he said, "Nope, that's the exit you need to take. That's where that family is." And I, I got off on that exit. They met me um, and took me and the kids to their home and. Hit us secretly for a week. I didn't have a penny to my own name. Um, I couldn't provide for myself at that point. I mean, they housed and fed and cared for us for an entire week while we got legal stuff figured out. And then my brother flew down and drove me and the kids all the way back up north to my home state. And um, I just saw the faithfulness of God. I mean, so many little miracles happen that night and in the months to come where I just literally had no money. I mean, I got my first real job after I came back to my home state with three children and I, I was making $12, 12, 25 an hour, something like that. And just squirreling that money away as much as I could and ended up, you know, using that for a down payment on the divorce bills or whatever later. But um, God was just faithful to me to teach me along the way. And to provide for me and the kids, and I just saw, time after time, he'd he'd um, provide new tires for my van when they were bald and groceries. And I mean, God is faithful to defend the fatherless and the oppressed, just like yeah. He says.
1: Yeah, and and you know, and folks, I think the most important thing we're getting from Ellie here. Listen, Ellie doesn't have a score to settle with anyone. Uh, that's, that's, you know, I, I talked to Ellie for an hour before we even went ahead and, and did, uh, these two broadcasts and Ellie's just trying to help others. She, you know, she was involved with a group that were freaks and people who didn't handle things right. She's, you know, Ellie's has a mission from God. Like I do, like my wife, Debbie does like, uh, so many of you do to make sure that things are being done right and orderly and, and godly. And abusing one's wife is not being godly and mm-hmm. uh, raping somebody is not being godly and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and abusing somebody is not being godly. And there's so many little things here and that, you know, I, I know you're trying to stick up for this pastor's wife, but I'm just here to tell you right now that, uh, uh that she, I hope she gets right with God and, Thank uh, you. and I, it's I, hard and I hope her, because that's, this isn't your fault, Ellie, you, you, no. you, you. you I mean, you were raised wrong. I'm just going to tell you yeah. that right now. You know that. You know yeah. that, uh, you know, you were raised wrong. Uh, you know, just because people carry a Bible and uh, sing the same hymns we do and, mm-hmm. and do those things and, and memorize the same verses we do, there are some people out there that can really screw up some folks. And Ellie came out the other side. But I'm here to tell you, it's not normal to raise a kid just to, uh, you know, marry this guy who's older than you in the Air Force who's, you know, obviously there were signs that this guy was a moron. I mean, you just, you don't wake up one day and become a moron. And and so I think, Ellie, I'm trying to put this together uh, to help other people. I'm not, and, and believe me, I'm not pointing no finger at all on you. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm really, I'm not. I'm What I'm saying, no, though, understand. is we've got to help the young Ellie's and say, Listen, yes. you know, graduate from school, go to college if you want. If God calls you just to get married and have a dozen kids, get married and have a yep. dozen kids absolutely but you don't there there's a system there's an organization that there's a godliness that shows up and and mm-hmm. we're not advocating getting away from uh going forth and multiplying and having children and those types of things we're advocating stop being misogynist stop hurting women yes. stop hurting people I mean isn't that right Ellie isn't that what we're trying yes, to say
2: absolutely yeah
1: yes. and so what would yeah. you say to people who have and we got about a minute left but I think this is significant. You know, you're talking to parents here. You're probably talking to some young people. Um, I mean, there's like three thousand some people, maybe four thousand. I don't know. A bunch of people listening. What would you say? How can they make sure this doesn't happen to their kids?
2: I would say um, start looking up and getting educated on um, narcissism. Start looking up um, the signs of abuse, the systems of abuse, because there are so many of them. And um, just look for the ways that power dynamics creep in. And if there is an imbalance of power somewhere, that's a really good sign of abuse. If somebody holds the power and another is really vulnerable, that is a perfect breeding ground for abuse. Yeah. And so I would say, pay attention to that.
1: Yeah. And, and and you know, and, and I'll tell you, there's so many errors here. And I'm just going to go over them one more time, not to condemn folks, but to condemn what they did. And, you know, going back to Ellie's parents, don't be that parent, you know, and she went to a church and it was like elder run. Her dad was one of the disciples. So, you know, for those elder run churches, you know, you're all pastors and you all vote and there had to be somebody among that group saying, Hey, wait a minute. And, and, and then, you know, taking your hands off of Ellie and letting her go out with this dude and, and, and within six months courtship to marriage pregnant, moving around the country. Stop that stuff, folks. We know better than that. Mm -hmm. And and then you belong to churches, Ellie. You you belong, your husband, as you said, was in a Southern Baptist church and he became the assistant pastor. I mean, wasn't Mm -hmm. there anybody looking around saying, hey, wait a minute, this guy's a knucklehead. I mean, wasn't there anybody who raised any flags in there?
2: Not really, because um, that is how abusers can abuse. They're so good at looking good on the outside and then abusing people behind closed doors. And And they can be eccentric. And people write off the um, eccentric side
1: yeah. And that's how that happens. Yeah. Well, this guy's a pastor. He's got to be all right. Listen, folks, I hate to do this. We went beyond our time. Sorry to you radio stations out there. Ellie's coming back when we get into narcissism. Boy, we sure do appreciate you. And, and I do love the opportunity, uh, Ellie, to hear from somebody who's been on the battlefield and, and is just willing to look out for folks and other people. And people, take care of your kids out there and look out for your church members. And, and folks, don't go to warlord churches. Well, we sure do love you, listen to everything Eric has to tell you. May God bless you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.